Into the wild I'll go and into the wild I am It's been a while, freedom child Since I left my roots back home Into the wild I'll go Into the wild I am It's been a while, freedom child Since I left my roots back home Welcome to the Free Birth Society podcast. This is a radical space for women who are ready to celebrate their autonomous choices in birth, motherhood, and beyond. Together, we'll learn about wild birth through personal narrative, we'll explore the politics of birth, and we'll analyze everything that relates to our lives as women from a feminist perspective. Here's your host, Emily Saldea. It's been a wild freedom most of my listeners, you are devouring these episodes, fascinated by the women's stories and wondering if you could do this too. Do you wish that you had a step-by-step strategy for how to actually plan and manifest your free birth? Our complete guide to free birth is the number one course for free birth, and we made it for women just like you. It's a self-guided online intensive course that will teach you everything we think you need to know about how to birth freely and in your power. We'll take you all the way from unpacking industrial care to what DIY prenatal care looks like, how to pick and prep your support team, what to expect, look out for, and how to shift when more support could be needed. Yes, we'll cover the what-ifs, how to prevent complications, and how to orient your entire life towards a powerful birth. So head on over to freebirthsocietycourses.com now and take the first step towards the birth of your dreams. I am bringing you one of my favorite episodes ever with one of my nearest and dearest, Erica Davis. Erica moved here to my land in the beginning of her second pregnancy, and we share the adorable story of traveling together in our pregnancies and her birthing just two weeks before me. Erica speaks to the up level that she experienced in finally having like-minded sisterhood the healing of her sister wounds and the darkness in which she traveled to bring her second son to this earth. When Erica's baby didn't take a noticeable breath for 15 minutes, Erica and her husband found themselves in uncharted waters, rich with lessons and new perspectives on life. Get ready for lots of F-bombs and giggles in this one. Enjoy. First things first. The first thing I needed to ask you, since we have the same beanie, is does yours do this too, or does it sit all the way down on your head? 
no, my head's not that big. Is that what you're asking? Why <laughs> <laughs> was it? But like, I've never noticed this on you. Okay. Well, maybe I have a bigger melon than you do. <laughs> That's annoying. Um, okay. Second thing, very important, sincere question is who's going to edit this podcast? Yeah. I don't know. Let's see how awkward I am and how weird it is. <laughs> Let's see who hates it more. Yeah. And then we can decide and we can, then we can do rock, paper, scissors. Suni's really into rock, paper, scissors right now. That's cute. I don't think those would understand that. Okay. okay. So did you get a chance to watch your video? I did. I just watched it now. Did I did a little timeline. No, I didn't cry. It just makes like my heart's pounding. You know, that's what it feels like when I watch it. Um, but every time I watch it, there's actually more information because I've really only watched it like four times maybe three times all the way through so what do you think about potentially sharing it with the world I was thinking about that um yeah no pressure totally I mean I'm down I guess you know it's still like beyond me that like this could be like an important story or like useful for people to hear um I don't know but because it was my birth and it just like happened to me like you know whatever it doesn't seem like that big of a deal but then I watched that video and I'm like fucking hell you know and because there's no like as we said like there's no and now he's crying it feels yeah kind of anticlimactic and like wait what Mm -hmm. yeah I think if we share it, we are just going to need to string together some nice photos. <laughs> Future of him cracking his ass off. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think the start of the story is our story because it's so cute. Our story? It's so cute. Yeah. First of all, it's adorable that you took the first round of RBK, loved you then. I remember you were like in my mind you were like the hippie that stood up for that Johnny and I have guns (laughs) (laughs) I love that's my claim to fame (laughs) that was like a standout standout moment for me and then I also yeah and then and then you're on the podcast obviously with Buzzy Mm -hmm. and then I'm gonna just jump ahead to you come to MRF Mm -hmm. and let me know you're there to see (laughs) <laughs> what if you're cool I just exactly. I was like if you were legit like are you legit yeah pass that test and then mm-hmm. you move here and now I'm totally just skipping ahead to current which is that you are if if my house wasn't in the way <laughs> I'd almost be able to see where you are you are just over the hill or it's hill. a short golf cart array away yeah. And it's like kind of dumb that we're doing this on in our own offices, but we both have little babies in our, in our homes. Yeah. In some way, I think it's better. Oh, I prefer it. No offense. It works better for me. I also think I have those glasses. 
Oh, wow. <laughs> Amazon's <laughs> finest? Uh, uh, yep, 100%. <laughs> might have a little correction on them, so. Oh, nice. I might have you beat. So we're here to hear your story about your most recent baby, your second free birth. And for anyone who hasn't heard your story, do you remember what season you were on? No, it was 2019, like the end of 2019. I don't know what that is. Neither. Well, we can- Either two or three. We can try to put it in the show notes if we remember <laughs> your first one, because that was a very different birth. And- yeah, I am excited to just hear you tell it in your own version today, because as I like to say, you can't tell the same story twice. And True. just however it comes out today is, is, you know, the perfect, the perfect, um, like medicine of what, mm. of what needs to be told today. So, you know, this is extra special to me for obvious reasons that you and I know about, but you and I were pregnant together. You showed up to live on this land while you were freshly ish pregnant, as was I, we got pregnant within two weeks of each other. Yeah. Joked that it was poorly timed. (laughs) So I cherish that, you know, and you birthed two weeks before I did first baby to be born on our land. Yeah so special so it's there's a very personal component to you being on the podcast and sharing this story and I mean the first baby on our land oh my god that's wild that's so beautiful Ariel got claimed to first first baby in our crew yes in Hayesville in Hayesville but she was in an Airbnb two minutes away (laughs) so close but not close enough yeah all right so where do you want to start what is it what does it feel like the beginning of this this story is for you well you did that little recap of yeah you know I was on the podcast that was in Australia so much has happened since then that feels like lifetimes ago like it's a different person um but yeah like you know, you and I had our little online flirting. We met in real life. And then, because it was actually at the, the retreat that we just chatted more. And I told you, like, you know, we want to get out the of fire. Oregon. And, the fire within. Yes. Yeah. And you're like, come here. I was like, oh, okay. So, so we did. Um, and yeah, we had been, you know, I've been thinking about getting pregnant again, wanting to. And I think, you know, we tried for a few months and like, stupidly, I was like, oh, it's just, it's not the right time. It took, you know, two cycles and I'm not pregnant. I'm not going to, we won't try anymore. And I clearly infertile, (laughs) clearly. And I even like, remember I sent you Marco and I was like, we're not going to, we're going to stop trying. Like, you know, like we're so unsettled. Like we were, we lived in an RV on your land. Like that didn't seem ideal. So we're just like, whatever. And there, and it was like, okay, so you're not going to get pregnant. So then I will. Right. It was like me giving you permission. Go ahead. Get pregnant. Psych. I'll support you. Uh, and what is so wonderful about that, Marco, is I would have been pregnant <laughs> at the time that I sent you that Marco. Also, right some women are going to be listening to this and being like, what the fuck is Marco? Oh, okay. Marco Polo. Marco Polo is one of the best apps in the world. If you don't know about it, you're so welcome. 
go get it, go check it out. It's video messaging and it's how I keep in touch with all my friends. Yeah. And I think a lot of people actually call it polo, but oh, really? Marco, hmm. <laughs> weird. <laughs> yeah. So I sent you that Marco and was like, don't worry about it. Go ahead, get pregnant. And then I think maybe like a week later, I texted you and was like, dude, <laughs> <laughs> I'm pregnant. Um, and that was exciting. Oh my gosh. And I totally took a test. Like I never had any desire to like have fully like the mystery of not knowing when the baby will come outside of like, you know, a couple of weeks is not um, enticing to me at all. So I took the test and that, yeah, we're like, oh my God, I'm pregnant. I'm gonna have another baby. It was so exciting. Um, I knew I was gonna have a boy. I just like, I'm such a boy mom. I feel that deep in my soul. Um, and then, yeah, I think it was, I got pregnant at the end of December and then we moved out here in March. It's almost been a year. And yeah, it was just, it's, it was a very different pregnancy. You and I had similar, you know, journeys in that this one was so much harder physically. I don't know if it's that I'm yeah, I don't even want to say that. It's like an old tag. Yeah, I'm like that. <laughs> don't say that. Um, oh, we're not that old. Um, I don't know why, but it was. I was just nauseous. I was. I threw up a lot, which well, was it's obviously weird. not age. Because look at sweet Julia. There you go. Spring chicken. And thank you. Can't that makes me feel better. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was super nauseous. Um, but I also like we were in such a I don't have any idea what the fuck we're doing stage of our lives. We had just moved back to um, America from Australia. Um, neither my husband or I were working in the fields that we had been working in for the last 10 years. Um, we were in Oregon, which like and in 2021, everyone's wearing masks. It was just it was a weird time in our lives. Very transitional. Um, and getting out of Oregon was like, it was huge. And we were going to do anything to do that, including live in an RV, really pregnant with a three and a half year old, which is what we did. Um, and that was, the plan was to give birth in there too. But you like, were like, <laughs> you're like, you're not doing that. That's a horrible idea. And I think I even kind of dug my heels in and was like, no, no, like that's what we had planned. Cause it was, it was what we had planned. Um, and I mean, so your RV was really sweet. Oh, totally. And um, yeah, you know, we look back on it and we're like, that was fun. And also, I'm so glad we're not doing that anymore. It's the throwing up in the RV that gets me. It's rough. That's it's really, really rough. rough. Um, but you, you know, like, up, like your whole pregnancy. Yeah, like every day, every morning. Oh. But I, you know, I feel like I had a decent attitude. <laughs> like. Um, it's so beautiful here. And I knew that, you know, coming here was a big, obviously it was a big deal, um, for our family. It was a big deal for your family. And like, I knew that it, you know, maybe it's going to be a little rough at first, but this is where I want to have my family. I know I'm going to have support here. This postpartum support. There's friends for my three and a half year old, the buzz, like, mm -hmm. so it's like, whatever was going to happen, that was going to be worth it. Um, but yeah, you, talk some sense into me and we're like no you're not giving birth in an rv that's not happening <laughs> like we have a yurt we're gonna move into this yurt um and like the timing of things 
I mean, it was similar to like in that a lot of things depended upon some timing and some things that were out of our control. Um, and that's kind of what happened with Buzzy, but it all lined up of like moving to Australia for Buzz, giving birth and blah, blah, blah. Um, but like we needed to sell the RV, move into the yurt. All these things had to line up and they did. They did perfectly. And I moved into that yurt in like August and then Lando was born like a month and a half later. So yeah, that was just a month of like getting settled and like doing some proper nesting, um, you know, taking a bath. Oh my God, that was amazing. Throwing up in a real sink. Cool. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I know, fuck. Um, but I should, yeah, like I was nauseous, but my, my body actually felt really good. But my first pregnancy, I was super active. Um, you know, I was teaching still like up to 20 yoga classes a week, riding my bike. And That's then a lot. No, it was way too much. 20 yoga classes? Yeah, we were trying to trying to make money and get out of New Zealand. Um, and yeah, I think that's like an overarching theme of this last birth is like, Erica, why do you feel like you have to suffer so much physically? <laughs> like, that's something I've um, reflected upon. Anyways, my my body, like my back didn't hurt. My shoulders weren't tweaked this whole time, even though I was living in an RV. Um, but, you know, I just got to spend so much time outside. Like when you live in RV, you basically live outside. And this is a beautiful place to do that. Um, I did a lot of walking until you spoiled us with the golf cart. <laughs> and then you kind of ruined me with that. But it was You're a welcome. fairly... <laughs> fairly like, Can you imagine if you didn't have that freaking golf cart? Well, I do imagine it kind of now because I'd walk Buzzy to school and I'm like, fuck, this is hard. Even though it's like... <laughs> you can see it. You can I, see the school from where you live. Exactly. But it's also hilly and like rainy. Well, yeah. But also, um, yeah, for the women that have been to the, the festival, like I live on, on the festival grounds, basically. It's the magic place. It really is um a magical place it's a beautiful place and it you know because Casper and I went through some things like it was now that I look back on it it was fucking hard to live in that RV yeah and it 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 did put like I didn't actually once we got into the year I was like oh wow like this is actually what being happy feels like this is what feeling grounded is so but because of where I am I felt very held by like this is just so amazing and like there's all a reason for this so but yeah it was fairly like uneventful the pregnancy other than I puked a lot um and because you know the second time around yes leaned on that heavily on my good friend Mary Jane um yeah actually I don't know how I, I wouldn't have gotten through <laughs> the pregnancy without that because you know, just trying to like keep yourself satiated when you're throwing up every, yeah, whatever. I don't have to go into it. When it's your second wild pregnancy, it's just kind of like, there's none of that mental stuff at all. You know, um, I was pretty confident and secure in, in Buzzy's pregnancy. And that was a totally wild pregnancy, but you know, there's still like little doubts that will creep in, but I, I didn't experience that literally 
at all. It was more like logistically, like, do I have enough towels? And like, can I call someone for buzz? Um, so in that way, it was, yeah, I don't, I felt more disconnected from the, from Lando's pregnancy in a way, just because it like, other than puking in the morning, um, you know, like life just went on and we, what we is that? Up. Is that disconnected or is that actual integration? <sighs> yeah, actually. And I think maybe we're so unfamiliar with what actual integration is that I label it disconnection. Um, because it, experiencing it, truly experiencing it as a normal integrated part of the landscape of your year mm. to me is a wild pregnancy yeah you know people get all hung up on like an ultrasound or not yeah okay that's like first tier or that's like the first like okay like way to maybe think about it but then the spiritual context of it yeah is that it's just truly normalized yeah well, and being around, being here in our, you know, I don't want to say bubble, but our little bubble of friends, our crew, our crew, like, you know, no one's going to get the ultrasound. No one's like the, you know, my first with Buzzy, I was still a yoga teacher and like every day I was fielding questions of like, mm. you know, and here you, you don't have to do that at all. Like other than like the weird lady at Ingalls who's like are you having a girl or a boy and you're like I don't know it's a surprise and that like shocks people that you don't know and you're like oh yeah like this isn't normal like it's normal for me and my crew but for the rest of the world I'm batshit crazy and I'm like oh yeah that's right you you like forget <laughs> you do I totally forgot because it was cool. it was every so single cool. one of us are free birthers I know in it's our whole incredible. group right that lives here that's so I think cool so. I mean it, yeah it is amazing it's like how comforting um that yeah you don't have to constantly explain yourself or you don't have to be like filtering what you say to people because it's chill and everyone understands and yeah like that's that I think like even thinking about it now I'm like wow that actually was a relief because there were a few times in Buzzy's pregnancy that it did it would get to me um not that I was going to change my mind but more like god people are dumb <laughs> you know um I also think in general with the second pregnancy after a free birth even if you were still in a muggle like mainstream community it like they're used to it you don't sure. get the same level of harassment and inquiry and concern fear-mongering in the second because it's like oh this is like what she's done and you've already proven yourself to society yeah you know totally yeah I think that's true and also just not being a yoga teacher just not having my body <laughs> on like display in front of people every day um but yeah so I think be, it being so normal was just an integrated well something just what fell on that? <laughs> yeah a tree um I don't know what that was um yeah it was just normal and easy and for the first time like having community because I was pretty lonely in my first um and I mean you know me I'm I don't know what the right word is a softie <laughs> <Deep> down <laughs> 
ain't it true? But I like to put off um, the vibe that I'm not. And it, I don't know, it takes me a little while to get like closer to people. So it was like the first pregnancy was easy to be like, just to like keep everyone out for like safety reasons. <laughs> um, but like, you know, actually had a mother blessing, which was, I had some resistance to, but then I loved and I enjoyed. Um, and just being like taken also, care shout of. Out, shout out real quick to Adelaide for those cakes. You know what? Like that, that's a part of my birth story is eating birthday cakes. Right. We should just take a minute up. to acknowledge <laughs> these fucking cakes. They're decorated in glitter. Like they were so edible glitter. And that each one of us, because me, you, and Meg obviously had a mother blessing together. And each one of us got our own cake that was yeah. unique to her perceived colors of art yes. energy or something. And, and the flavor multi, we wanted. Each flavors were different. They were multi-layered. And then we were instructed to freeze it and eat it in postpartum, which we all did. And it was fucking bomb. Really special. It, yeah, it was amazing. Mine was Black Forest. It was blue. It was truly like me in cake form. I loved it. <laughs> but yeah, like how special that I actually, and that was a big reason why I came here because, you know, I don't know. I've, I, have, I have a pretty deep sister wound that being here has healed. Um, but I've, I've kind of settled my whole life. Like, I don't really like girlfriends. I don't need them, blah, blah, blah. But that's not true. Um, and it was amazing to be here and actually like have, you know, Hannah Grace text me and be like, what's up? How are you feeling? Do you need anything? I'm like, wow. Oh, <laughs> amazing. Do you want a breast um, massage? <laughs> yeah. Right. And then, you know, like the level of, um, intimacy when you actually let women in, in, in like these parts of your lives of being pregnant and having babies is really accelerated. It's so like, I met Hannah Grace last year and then within months, she's like, yeah, massaging my naked boob. So you get tight quick. Um, but yeah, like it was, we had that mother blessing. That was amazing. And all along, I knew that I was going to go first, that I was going to give birth first out of us three. Of and it was three. our prayer. Yes, very much so. Like just for like logistics. Yeah. Because you were going to, you know, you needed to attend Meg's birth. Um, and yeah, that just is what made the most sense. Um, so I knew I was going to go first. I knew I was having a boy, even though a lot of you guys were like, no, I think it's a girl. I think you're going to have a girl. Your girl's coming. Um, I was like, no. I don't think she is. Oh, I do too. Be right eventually. She's not here yet. Um, we knew it was Lando. And I think we found that name like halfway through the pregnancy and we told Buzz. <clears throat> and then he just was like, it was to him, it was like, it's Lando. And sometimes we'd ask him, like, is it Lando or Boomy? Like the name we wanted for a girl. And it's like, it's Lando. It's my brother. Um, but yeah, that's that's basically the pregnancy. It was pretty straightforward. Um what would my, you say, what would you say is the like if you had to have one standout takeaway lesson or upgrade or like thing that one big takeaway from the pregnancy with Lando, what would it, what would it be? 
um, allowing people to support me. Yeah, because that, that was pretty new. And in Buzz's birth, again, I like pretended like I didn't need it, but I, I had a few breakdowns to, to KJ and was like, I really need, I need support because I can't talk to anyone about this because everyone thinks I'm crazy mm. and I don't really like anybody. <laughs> um, and that was like such a big drive to come out here is because I knew from the get-go that you'd be my homie. I know a lot of people feel that way about you. <laughs> But, <laughs> okay but what's different here is that this was mutual <laughs> that's what i was gonna say man like it was mutual um, i've literally had women i probably told you this but like i've had women be like you're my best friend what <laughs> from this like who are you oh jesus that's scary that's weird okay but like i listened and was like you're my best friend <laughs> coming <laughs> oh god i'm glad it worked out <laughs> me too <laughs> can you imagine um but yeah i just knew that i really needed that this time around i really did um as much as i still you know thinking about you surprising me for my birthday party and the first thing i said to you was you bitch um you know it, it still took me a while but like i was just so grateful to have that because that, I mean, that's the one thing to say about a wild pregnancy is like, you're not, you don't have that touch point. Like not to say that there's a good thing about checking in with some, a random midwife lady that's different each week or whatever. Um, but there's still that touch point of like, I'm going to talk about my pregnancy and what's going on with me and blah, blah, blah. And I just didn't have that with Buzz. So that's definitely like the biggest shift mm -hmm. that I like purposely made happen you know, like by moving across the entire world. Yeah, you took a big risk. <laughs> I did. But we knew it was worth it. And, you know, 2020 was a crazy year. Like that's when I did RBK, COVID hit, you know, I found out I was a big turf and everything just, you know. You came out as a turf. I did, I did. And, and so. Repercussions. Yeah. But it also like was an important oh it was a it was a huge catalyst because it's what made it it accelerated us getting the hell out of australia so but yeah so then what happens you're at the end of your pregnancy yeah like i didn't have any like i don't know what you would call them like pre-sensations excuse me um mm. i didn't have because i know you had that like fuck there's so many times where I was like, are you in labor? Um, but I'd never felt that way. And I was convinced that I was going to go um, a long time because I hadn't felt anything. And I went to like 41 and two with Buzz and Lando was born on his guest date, which was, you know, the guest date of me not really even knowing when I conceived, but it just turned yeah. out. You mean to say he was born on when you thought you were around 40 weeks 40 weeks yeah well it was the day that I was counting the the week changeover so it was on Saturday of what would have been the 40 weeks so yeah I can just tell you about the birth I guess um it started at the sawmill <laughs> as it does oh, for no. so many of us it's like Ariel's yeah 
Um, the sawmill is a not very good breakfast joint, but we don't have a lot of choices here. Uh, it's also the best. <laughs> That's what yeah, I know. It's, it's the best, the best and worst. Breakfast. Whatever. Um, yeah, it kind of did start there, huh? Well, because you had just gotten your new whip and we went on a ride and um I don't know you were talking about something and I don't I don't think I said a word that whole car ride you know what I was talking about I was telling my weird idea for a story about a society where babies are born oh my god your mouth (laughs) your mouth your vagina or your butt Based on and, class. And Those then the that would determine class of the society. <laughs> no wonder I wasn't saying anything. <laughs> You're in the back like, okay, nice car, Emily. <laughs> um, actually, I was in the front seat. Okay, nice. So I was nice. very pregnant. That was and really Hannah cool. was like figuring out how to work my car from the back. <laughs> yeah, it was a nice moment. Yeah. Um, but yeah, during that car ride, I started to get like cramps and it, it was literally the first time that I was like, oh my God, I have to give birth because even though that is very obvious and inevitable when you get pregnant, it wasn't actually totally on my mind <laughs> that I was going to have to give birth. So yeah, um, had sensations in the car. I felt kind of weird. We got there and I just felt like crying. So I went to the bathroom. And there were a bunch of old ladies in there. And I was like, fuck, I can't like cry in front of them. Um, And then I came out and I think I just told all of you that like, I think I'm going to give birth and I don't get to like get out of it. (laughs) Cause it was, yeah, it was scary. That was actually the one time that I kind of felt some fear more, more of like, oh my God, like I have to do this again. Like it's going to be hard. Um, Cause Buzz's birth was long and I, you know, I wasn't really up for a 38 hour birth. I didn't really have space for that. Um, <laughs> no one's up for that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. No, the first time around I was, I was like, let's go. It can be as long as it needs to be whatever. And this time I was like, no, I can't like over eight hours and I can't actually do it. So <laughs> I don't know. yeah, but, I remember we were waiting for our table and you cried a little and yeah, like, oh God yeah yeah I just felt kind of spacey and it was I didn't really have any sensations after that it was just that car ride and the weird story like you thought the waiter looked like Matthew McConaughey or something Mm -hmm. I stand by that I don't think he did at all but whatever um like a country version (laughs) yeah I was like you start to get kind of warped views out here yeah you do um but yeah, we came home and like, that was just a normal day. I, yeah, because the sensation stopped and I was only just getting to 40 weeks, I was like, this shit could go on for another however long. So I really had no, you know, it's like it hit me that I had to give birth, but I still wasn't thinking that it was going to be so soon. So yeah, the next morning I was doing my usual puke <laughs> in the sink. And I felt, um, what I thought was my water's breaking, but I went to the bathroom and it was blood and it was actually quite a bit of blood. And I started having sensations fairly soon after that. And I, 
I think I messaged you. I messaged like one of our text threads and was like, this happened. And um, yeah, you kind of asked me to check in with myself because it was a lot of blood actually. Like I went through a few pads, which, you know, I mean, now it is a variation of normal because it was normal for me, but it was like, it was different. Yeah, um, it was kind of weird. But Did the blood come out when you were puking? Yeah, it was like, you know, it was like coughing. You know, you're so fucking pregnant. Your pelvic floor is gone. Um, like, it was that. Um, but like that, like, released whatever that was. And then I, I bled most of the morning. And I took Buzz to to school and I saw you. And yeah, you were, you just like kind of had me check in with myself. And I did. And I was like, everything's fine. Like, I feel totally fine. It's fine. Um, and that day we, I had already planned to have, um, Hannah Grace and Brie come over to help me do some postpartum food stuff. Um, but I, I texted Brie and was like, things are kind of happening and I'm, I only really need one person here. Um, and anyone that knows Hannah Grace, it's like, she's like the best person to have with you when shit gets intense. So I was like, Hannah's just going to chill with me today and we're going to make stuff. Um, but because Brie was already planning to come over, she had baked me cookies, which in our community, like those, those could still come by. <laughs> oh, dude. <laughs> I was like, you've already made them and you're taking River to school. So it's important, yeah, to say here that Brienne LaFleur yeah. has many gifts but one of her <laughs> most valued gifts she has many many gifts don't get me wrong and yeah. who one of them is her chocolate chip cookies they are unparalleled True. to anything else i've ever eaten yeah it's really special they're so good and like that turned out to be fucking awesome because you know that once he was born i got to eat the adelaide cake and the brie cookies and i was in total heaven and you hooked us up with some raw milk that night too so it was just I was set anyway she came over and brought the cookies which was amazing I gave her a hug and was like I might have a baby um and I think I texted our mother council group and was like don't freak out but I think I'm in labor um and I'm pouring blood (laughs) (laughs) you know um so yeah Hannah Grace came over and we I roasted a chicken and we made um little miniature pot pies. Um Hannah Grace is talented again. We have very a lot of talented friends. She's good at a lot of things and she made like a sourdough um crust from scratch, made all these like individual pot pies. It was amazing. And we just hung out the whole day doing that. And I had contractions the whole day. And I was kind of trying to keep it under wraps, but like, I'd have to like pause in our conversation and like keel over and be like, I think the chicken's ready. And, you know, just, yeah, just, I know that the first time around, you know, I say it was a 38 hour birth and I could say that this birth was longer because I know if it was my first birth and I was experiencing that, I'd be like, oh my God, I'm in labor. It's happening. Get the pool ready. But this was happening and I was like, again, it could be longer. You know, and was I, Casper I, just like working somewhere? Oh yeah, he was. Um, because at that stage he had started working back on Moonspring because we were like, we probably shouldn't be 
at a job site half an hour away with no reception because there's no reception around here so yeah he was nearby and I told like that morning he was obviously there when I started bleeding and I was like babe have your phone ready um but I also like I just I knew I wasn't going to give birth during the day while Casper's chainsawing and my kids in nerd school like I knew that there was still time yeah of course yeah so yeah we made pot pies and then decided to go on a walk and this came to back to bite me in the ass because I really had been fairly sedentary up until like the last month or so I didn't do a whole lot I took a lot of naps and we decided to do what we call the the ass kicker ridge hike around here and it's um you know especially when you're really pregnant and out of shape I think we call it the ass melter oh the melter okay cool what I call it like Which, that for sneak preview Erica's going to be leading everyone on that. yeah now that I've conquered it now that she's conquered it at the festival so it's actually like it's a beautiful hike because it goes up around the property and then it comes back down through um like where everyone camps at the festival so Hannah Grace and I did that and like keeping a good pace talking the whole time having contractions the whole time and you know Hannah Grace is like super fit hot mom so like her and I are just like "Mm, mm, mm." and yeah it was probably like halfway down the hill that I like kind of had to stop and like really like go through a contraction and I was like man I feel like such a wuss like why am I pussing out right now I need to like gear up because I know this isn't it yet okay you cannot say pussing out on (laughs) on a feminist free birth podcast please reframe sorry it's my internal misogyny still working its way out I'm sorry um what's out okay I mean it it actually it it was like that person that was very much me and my identity tied to that of like physically I can do fucking anything like uh, that person was still very much alive she's died a bit Hmm. um but yeah and Hannah Grace was like but like you're in labor like you're allowed to to like like show that this is happening for you I was like okay well whatever um so yeah then you know the pies were ready and you know I said bye to her um and I I kind of knew when I hugged her that the next time I, I saw her I'd have a baby in my arms um and then yeah like Fuzzy and um, Casper came home and I, f- I don't know how it happened, but you were just like, do you want a donut? And I was, <laughs> I was like, yes, I do. <laughs> it was hilarious. Um, and you had milk for us. So I said like, oh, we're going to walk over. Um, but I, I literally like, cause I was, again, I was having contractions. So I walked outside and thought about walking to your place. And I was like, we're not walking. Like, there's no way. So we got in the golf cart. We went over there. I think I just actually really wanted to see you and you were kind of like going dark. And I was like, it's I'm going to lure her with a, with a donut. Yeah. I'm highly motivated. You're learning that, aren't you? <laughs> um, 
but I will admit we went over there thinking I was going to get plural donuts and you had a singular donut, which I then had to share with everyone, but that was, oh. okay. um, but I didn't even get off the golf cart. I made Casper go to the door. Cause I was just like, you know, and yeah, when I was driving away, I was like, I think I'm having a baby. And you're like, you are like, that's what's happening. Um, so yeah, I ate that donut. It was delicious. Came home. And even though the pot pies were for, for postpartum, I was like, I want to eat these now because they look bomb. So yeah, we ate those out on the porch. It was a beautiful fall day. And yeah, I, I tell Hannah Grace that like labor fully kicked in with those pot pies because I was just like overcome with oxytocin because they were so good. And I loved my life. You know, Your episode is going to be called Motivated by Food. <laughs> Go ahead. Tell people the truth. Um, but yeah, that was actually the first time that like I had to like, everyone had to shut the fuck up when I was having a contraction. It was the first time that I was like feeling affected by other people. And, um, you know, Casper was like, Buzz, mommy is you know, the baby's going to come soon. And every time she says so, and she starts doing this, like everyone needs to be quiet and, you know, stop. So things like really started to kick in there. And then, so we ate and I was like, okay, let's go on another walk. Um, and we walked up and down Jimmy's road and it was like really on, like real, like every contraction I would like, I was wearing a dress, but with no underwear underneath it. And I would like pull the dress up and like squat down and I just needed to like be kind of naked. It doesn't feel right to have like a serious contraction and be wearing clothes. Um, so yeah, we did that walk and I, I just, I took a couple of photos and I just looking at them and they're like the last photos of, you know, just us as a family of three and, you know, Buzzy not being a big bro yet, but being excited, like, you know, he was, three-ish when Lando was born so it's like he he kind of could grasp the situation but until the baby was there I don't think he really knew but um yeah we we did that walk we came home and then I just laid around a lot and was kind of waiting for Buzz to go to bed I knew that things wouldn't fully fully kick in here until he was like out of my care essentially um so yeah, I think I texted you and told you what was going on. And that was like the last text message I had sent. And it was around nine. And I think um, Casper had just gotten buzzed down. <clears throat> um, yeah, and like once he was asleep, it was just like a 10 out of 10. It was like the moment Casper came out of that bedroom and was like, he's asleep. You know, I allowed myself to like really go into labor um so from that time until he was born was about four hours and you know I don't have a whole lot of words for it other than it was just yeah it was the hardest thing that I have ever done it was the most painful thing I've ever experienced um it, I was in the the deepest darkest places I feel like you know, and I say like that person died, like I truly felt like either I was going to die or, well, yeah, that honestly, <laughs> the, the thought of like, you're going to have your baby wasn't there. It was just, you're going to die. 
Like it was just so intense. And that sounds very macabre and dark, but like for me, it was <laughs> like it was. You know, you've been able to. It's kind of a joke that like I always say when you articulate things or you emote, I'm able to <laughs> to find it more because I know we had um, similar experiences of it just rocked me beyond anything I thought I was capable of. And I also had this persona that I can withstand anything, you know, like that was very much like my identity. And then that birth was like, you fucking think so? Like, let's, let's test that. Um, so yeah, I mean, I just, I did a lot of vocalizing, which I didn't do so much of in the, my first birth, but you know, what better place to do it than in, on a yurt, in a yurt on, you know, 60 plus acres. Um, and I did, I knew I wanted to be loud and I was a little worried about buzz and you said it like a couple of times and it just became my mantra or motto or whatever. It was like, when you go into birth, a spell is cast over the house and you don't like, buzz heard nothing. He he never woke up and I was so loud because I just watched my video and like, they're like demonic sounds coming out of me. <laughs> like it's an exorcism and I so I think that that actually helped me progress I really focused on trying to keep my jaw loose and I actually like massaged my jaw a lot and was just making these weird ass sounds um and I think that's why things happen pretty quickly um but yeah I was just around like in the bathroom in the living room just trying to fucking hold on for dear life um I started pushing fairly soon because I just wanted it to be over. I wanted Lando oh, out. So like you started pushing. Yeah, I mean, the the moment I had any like inkling of bearing down, I was like, fuck yes, like get the baby out. So I started pushing really hard. Um, and I was still kind of convinced that in the earlier in the morning that that was my waters. I just thought that that was like my waters with blood. Um, but it definitely wasn't because my waters broke and like did the like proper, you know, explosion thing. And that was so cool. I loved that. And actually like um, Emily Bruce texted me after the birth and was like, what was your favorite part of the birth? And I was like, when it was over was my favorite part. But then I thought about it more. And I was like, actually it was when my waters broke. Cause that was, you know, it offered, even though it was very um, short-lived, it offered some relief. So yeah, my waters broke. That was fucking awesome. And, you know, I, I wanted to, a part of me was like, oh, it's going to happen soon. But I was also like, let's not go there. Like, just, just be in it. Um, and yeah, I mean, I just suffered. I suffered 10 out of 10. So like, what's and, happening in your mind? I don't even know, dude. I was like talking to people and myself and like, I, I was tripping hard, but it wasn't like a fun trip. <laughs> like I, you know, I, I swear that I was kind of talking to myself, but I don't know what I was saying. I don't know who I was talking to. There was like, and this is kind of funny. Like at one point I, I think I was like, help me, help me <laughs> like moaning. 
and Casper came in to like help me and I was like ew not you like go away like I'm literally asking God to help me <laughs> like the, you know like it, this isn't like you can't offer me help like you know like squeezing my hips or offering me like some water like no that's not what I needed um like no one could help me it, like and as you know like could a radical birth keeper have held space no 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 like no one could help me um it was just me and god maybe the devil and my baby you know um so yeah i mean i don't i don't have a lot of like poetic words to that other than it was just fucking horrible <laughs> like it was just so it like, wasn't just it wasn't just the physicality of it it was it was a mind fuck because of the level of physicality like you know i'm I like to, or at least I, I used to, and I'm playing with the idea that I actually don't like this anymore. Like I have giant tattoos that are big and took hours and they really hurt. And I like to work out in a way that hurts. <laughs> I, like, I like to ride my bike up a hill and like my, my legs feel like they're gonna melt. And I'm like, yeah, this is a good time. Um, and in that birth, I was like, wait, no, I don't like this. This is horrible. What, like, I don't need, you know, before I was a mother, I think I did have like, like it's almost like I found my self-worth through this weird image and becoming a mom. I'm like, fuck all that shit. Like I know my self-worth, like I made a human and I did it on my own. I mean, you know, Casper had something to do with it, but it was mainly me. So I think that that weird persona kind of died a little bit and then any last lingering bits of her I think really died in that birth of like I don't want to suffer like this like what am I doing to myself um but it you know and it also did go a lot faster like I said it was like four it was like four and a half hours and Lando was two pounds heavier than Buzz so he was a much bigger baby um but yeah, he, I, I gave birth to him in the exact same way as Buzz. I was on my hands and knees. I, I had in, in my head, I wanted to catch my baby, but that was not happening. You know, I was on my hands and knees, just like praying to God that it would be over soon <clears throat> and pushing really hard. Like um, over, by, over by the shoes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and like, that's the other thing is we had set up all of these chucks pads towels blankets in this one area and i chose to give birth over by the shoes on a part of the carpet that had like it's not covered at all no like no setup whatsoever it's the like, stop drop and survive <laughs> yeah oh actually that's yeah i wanted to say that because you know i did that hike with hannah grace and then my legs were cramping so bad in the birth. Like I had a Charlie horse in my inner thigh and it was just cause my legs were like, yo, you like took us on this big hike and now you're a full of, a, of adrenaline on your hands and knees, which essentially makes my legs like just shake. So it's like those muscles are contracting for four hours. And I was holding off on this Charlie horse like as best as I could. And it finally like got me. And I, I was like hanging on to Casper. My husband's quite tall. And I was like hanging on his waist. And um, 
like a contraction came and the Charlie horse and it just like sent me to the ground. I know it was, it was horrible. Um, it was, it was so horrible, but like, so that's where it was gonna happen. <laughs> like I wasn't gonna move from that spot. So like in the video, um, I'm like, can you put a towel down or something? Cause there's nothing even there, which is so funny. Um, but yeah, he, I pushed him out. Like I, I felt down, I reached down and felt his head and that was awesome. I was like, oh God, okay. And I think I felt his head and told Casper to set up the camera because he had been taking some stills with my camera, um, but we wanted to set up the phone. So he set that up because I was like, baby's coming, it's happening soon. Um, and then I, you know, a couple contractions pushed him out to like his head. And, um, you know, the whole time you're having contractions, you get your break and you're like, I wish this break could be really long, you know? But then his head came out and I had a break and I was like, I really need this break to be short. Like I need the next one to come so I can like get this baby out of me. But it felt like the longest break ever. Um, and yeah, like the next contraction came and it's not like he slid out. Like I worked really hard. I wanted him out of me. So with my demonic wailing I pushed him out and he just kind of like lands on his head and actually like Casper kind of like helped him out in a way and it it you know I'm not upon reflection like I don't I don't think that should have happened but like Casper could truly feel how much I wanted this shit over it was on another level of what he's seen me suffer like he's never seen that and you know, we, we've done a lot of physical things together. He, I've never shown that amount of me breaking down. So he like kind of helped him out and I'm like, hand it to me, which was kind of funny that I just said it, even though I knew it was a boy the whole time. Anyways, he like handed him through my legs and I immediately saw his red balls. <laughs> I was like, it's Lando. I knew it was. Um, yeah. And I brought him up to me and then you know, like I think of my birth story and like all that stuff is what I like, think about. But I, like, this is kind of where I feel like the story turns a little bit and becomes like this part of the story that I still don't understand. And I feel a little detached from um, because yeah, it just took him a long time to come through. And, you know, I've told you, I've only watched the video, like in, in, its, in its entirety, probably only like twice. And I did it just before um, we jumped on here, just because it makes me really anxious because um, it's like a 20 minute video and he comes out at like the eight minute mark. And then there's 12 minutes of him not being there. And by the time we turn off the camera, he's still not there not all the way. Um, you know, of course it's hard for me to, to tell you exactly what happened, even though I have a video, like you've seen it, the, the sound is a little off and, you know, our backs are turned a bit, but um, yeah, he just, he wasn't there. He was white, he was floppy. Um, not breathing. Not breathing, no. How many minutes do you think it was before he took a noticeable breath? 
Um, so like I stand up with the help of Casper, like the placenta comes out, like everything is just simple in that way. And I think I stood up because I, I think he had shown me enough. Like it was in the video, you see nothing, you see nothing, you hear nothing. But I think me standing up was like, I had been shown enough signs of life that I knew he was going to come through. Um, but it's not like he like did a gas or like cried or anything. Um, and yeah, like he's white and floppy and uh, watching myself handle him too, like holding a, what is essentially a lifeless white baby is weird. Like his head is like flopping and he's just, he's just like a rag doll. And, you know, it's just this little body, but like he has his little soul doesn't seem to be like in there yet. Um, so like, yeah, for obvious reasons, it makes me a little anxious to watch that video. Um, but but just, just I, I want you to give me a number because I think that's going to be helpful for yeah. people to like wrap their brains around. Like how many? I, th I think 15 yeah. because we, yeah, we turn off that camera at 12 minutes. Um, and honestly, we turned it off because like we didn't know what we were filming, you know? Um, like Casper asked me if I should turn or if he should turn the, the camera off. And I say, yes, like turn it off. Um, because he had not come to Because he, right, he wasn't there yet. Um, and, you know, I, like me and Casper are super calm the whole time. I think one time I asked him, what do I do? At, like, as if he would fucking know, um, because I was doing all the things that I thought I should do, you know, or not even that I thought there was no cognitive, this is what I'm going to do. Um. I just did what I felt I should do. So I was rubbing him. I was kissing him nonstop. Um, I sucked on his face twice. And then, you know, it's, Casper and I both have memories of him, like not breathing, but making some little sort signs of life. Um, and man, they, they were minuscule because you can't catch them on the phone. Like they're not perceptible but from the camera, but, um, I just, I not, neither of us believed that I had just given birth to a stillborn baby. It just didn't make sense. He was moving in me the whole time. Um, and that just wasn't going to be our story. And I just knew that. Um, so yeah, I, at some point I decided that I should actually blow and I did that twice. The first time I blew on just his mouth. And then the second time I put my mouth like all the way around his nose and mouth and like made a seal and did it like a proper blow. And that's when he made like the first like attempt at breathing and really gave Casper and I the like the relief of like, okay, he, I really believe he's gonna show up now. Um, but yeah, it took a long time. It took a long time. And I think, you know, it, uh, afterwards Casper and I were like, that was fucking crazy. 
like what just happened that was crazy um and then the next this was at like one in the morning from porn um and you know the it's all pretty straightforward like we got in bed you know we've done this before um we woke up buzzy which was so stupid like i don't know why we did that he because at that point lando's like fully crying and he comes out like bleary eyed and there's just like this red alien you know we're like okay go back to bed um but i called all of you over in the morning which i knew i was gonna have you come over like that wasn't a question but i actually invited like everyone <laughs> over which is kind of out of character for me because i had brie and julia come over um and I love both of those women, but I'm not particularly close. Like I'm, I'm closer with Julia now, but um, Julia had just moved there. That yeah, that's that's so true. It was like day two, come over. I had a baby, um, but yeah, everyone came over, and I showed everyone the video. And I think there was a part of me that needed to be validated, and that was insane because you guys watched it, and I remember like someone was like, "Does he ever cry?" And I was like, "No, he doesn't." And that was the first time too that I actually like looked at the minutes and was like, oh fuck, that was a long time. Um, so yeah, I think I just, I think I was in shock to be honest. Cause like there's an element of shock when you just like have a baby because you've just had a baby. Um, and like that feeling of being kind of high after having your baby, like Casper and I had to like sober up, if you will, like really quickly of like, okay, baby's not here, what do we do? And it wasn't like someone's, you know, I never thought that Casper would like call an ambulance or some shit like that. That's, you know, that that wasn't a fear of mine. Um, but yeah, it just was, it, it really changed my birth experience. And I, I don't, um, yeah. I still don't even really know like what happened <laughs> and, and yeah just of like what you know I look forward to talking this out with um, Sister Morningstar I know she sent me some really amazing messages and kind of offered to go over the video with me over the phone and stuff and I just I'd rather do it with her in, in person if she still um, has space for that but yeah you know, she's coming a couple of days early to the festival so that's when you should do it <clears throat> yeah I would love to yeah because I think she, you know she found some really as she does like very poetic ways of like putting it of like his his soul you know taking a little bit of time and and you know and closing the door. the door on death and walking towards the door of life and um because I felt like this weird like guilt of like I literally wanted to die during his labor like I didn't want to be alive anymore and then it's like he was born and he was like well should I even be here if that's how you feel like that that's like the thought that went through my head is like he was deciding if he was going to come to the family or not um I'm really stoked he did because he fits right in <laughs> um but yeah, it was, it was crazy in, in, in that. And it was a lot to, yeah, I still, I still haven't like figured it all out, as I said. And I don't know that uh, there is anything to figure out. Yeah, you know, probably not. 
there's just there's really just like there's some clear facts but most of birth is story and like you know and I'm including anything under story as like perception opinion yeah you know, all of that and there is just an element of mystery. I don't know that we ever really totally like know what's going yeah. on. And that's, I, I thought you were going to say when, when one of sisters things that she pointed out was just how magical the cord is and that the magic, mm. that the cord is doing stuff beyond our comprehension. Yes. You know, so it's possible that he was taking sips of air that you didn't observe. Yeah. Possible you know, things are, it's possible that the placenta kept giving him oxygen for as long as he needed. I mean, we know mm -hmm. you have a totally like developmentally perfect yeah. baby. And so, you know, the concern of that long is lack of oxygen, you know, to the brain. And, and that that's a very real potential concern with mm -hmm. to be born babies. And also, you have a story where you show that it also is and can be a variation of normal. You know, it's it's not the same as with Sunier and actually Sawyer too, but you know, Sunier's head was born and her body didn't come out for 11 minutes, which yeah. is not really heard of in the system, certainly. Mm -hmm. That's why I love free birth stories because we're just like blowing or blowing open the wide spectrum of mm -hmm. what is possible and what it takes to bring babies here and what it looks like to bring babies here and yeah. what babies are doing and not doing and yeah and I because I I know that with Buzz's birth I would have gotten cut open like duh I would have never been able to go that long and had this sort of birth happened anywhere near a provider it would have been a you know it would have been a disaster he would have been taken from us um and I would say he he actually may have not survived. Correct. It, yeah. Knowing what they do and the trauma that they put them through. And, and if he it, was it, on the brink of making that decision. Exactly. Why the fuck would he choose when that was what he was being met with? And, you know, I, I'm pretty proud of Casper and I, and the way that we, we just waited and trusted and just kept inviting him. Like, that's what I kept saying is like, come on, come on through. We're so happy you're here. Happy birthday. Hello, fun. Um, and it was like, eventually, <laughs> he's gonna, I got cake, let's go. Like, um, yeah. And yeah, it is. It's, it's like, what if babies are given the space and the time, um, like what they can do? Because, you know, I think we've heard um, you know, situations of where women do a free birth and they get into maybe kind of a slower um, come to and somebody freaks out and calls an ambulance. And then, you know, even though you've given birth uh, as a free birth, then, you know, the, the cascade of inter interventions happens at a later date. So, I mean, I, Casper knew that there's literally no circumstance. And we actually joked about this of like, there's no reason for you to call an ambulance. Um, and he was even like, yeah, like if you pass out, I'm going to call Emily. <laughs> I was like, okay, yeah. I mean, it is, you know, this is like, like 
this is the most radical shit you can really say that we have a full rejection of the allopathic model. And that takes, that took time for me. Like it wasn't necessary. Obviously I transferred myself for an hour in my first birth. It's been a real evolution of like a, a true full rejection, which is, which is exactly what the critique is of the haters of being like, oh, they're just like ride or die home birth. They'll just let their babies die, which of course is not the the no. um, correct framing whatsoever. But it, I used to be like, no, no, like of course, of course, transfer when it's appropriate, and yeah. and that's a very personal thing. I'm not speaking on anyone else's behalf, but yeah, you know, as as both of us have like dropped down deeper into the darkness and into motherhood and into. Um, death and and navigating you know the potentials of that yeah I feel even more steadfast in Mm -hmm. both my trust of life existing optimally within rebirth and also holding the potential of death in a really reverent way Mm. but you know to back to your specific thing with Lando like that he he really he really claimed his life Mm -hmm. yeah he did kind of say that maybe all all babies do you know because at some point they have to breathe at some point they do choose to some degree Hmm. but as we know most babies are forced out most babies are tortured out most babies are cut out most babies are pulled out most babies are forced breath most babies are cut from their you know mother's placenta and there's something really potent about you know, your story and all free birth stories where a baby isn't tortured out and is born and births himself and Mm. chooses to be here and chooses his breath and chooses to come into his body. And his story took around 15 minutes, which is definitely on the more extreme end of the spectrum Mm. for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I love that thinking that he actually chose because he did. And, you know, I feel like we had to convince him a little bit, but yeah, he chose to come here. And like, you know, I said to you shortly after the birth of like everything's changed and yet nothing's changed of like just life goes on when when it is this normalized. Um you know, because like two days later, Meg gave birth. And then two weeks later, you gave birth. It's, it's just, it was all normal. And, you know, this happened on a Saturday. Buzz went back to school on Monday wearing his big bro shirt. And like, it was a pretty, pretty sweet transition to being um, a family of, of four. Um, but there's, you know, the, yeah, the second baby around, it's just, you're a little more, I had a little more worked out like my postpartum I mean fuck you you teed up an incredible chef (laughs) shout out to Malika like that was one of the best things ever um having food and you know just having women who like at the drop of a hat would come over to help me um and I never actually called on anyone in that way but just knowing that that was there was really amazing um and having, you know, aunties that could come over and you actually like want them to hold your baby. It's not like some weird vibe because they get it. They, they get it. And like, man, that's just so, I wish that for every woman 
it's just so, um, for me, it was quite healing. You know, I didn't have like a flawless postpartum, but compared to last time, it was just so much more supportive. And I know that next time I'll rest even more <laughs> because I still pushed it a bit too much. Um, but also like, you know, just finding what, like, if I wanted to get in the golf cart and go like on a ride with you guys, like I, you know, I did that and that was great. And I like posted something on my Instagram and a few people messaged me with like sad faces or like, Oh, you're already up. So that sucks for you or something. And I was like, <laughs> literally I was like escorted to a golf cart. Well, no one knows anything. And people make these blanket, you know, first of all, people don't trust women and they Correct. make these like blanket statements. Like, I don't think a woman has to lay in bed for 40 days. Of course not. There's totally ways to move very, very nurturing and gentle. You know, you forcing your husband to participate in bringing a mattress upstairs. That's the kind of stuff that fucks up your postpartum. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not, I, you know. No, and stuff. you you made this point too of like, sure entering postpartum by going to target at day three that sounds horrible but that's like i rode the golf cart at like day 10 and at a beautiful sunset every time and like yeah it's like there's like a photo of me nursing my beautiful baby in the sun and our skin is out and a few women were like oh whatever and you took like the coolest picture of naked dancing hannah grace at sunset Okay, I have to go. We have to go. We have the community call. I have, I have to, to pee go. too, actually. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Do you feel complete? Oh yeah, totally. I'm I'm just glad that I got it out. You did so good. Oh thanks. Love you. Love you too. Bye. And that's it for today, my sisters. Check out everything we do, including one-on-one and group coaching, learn about our private membership, in-person retreats, and more on freebirthsociety.com. Our online courses are on freebirthsocietycourses.com, including our flagship course, The Complete Guide to Free Birth. Don't miss the Radical Birthkeeper School if you're ready to become the authentic midwife that women are searching for. Together we rise and the revolution starts inside each of us. I'll leave you with our Free Birth Society theme song, Wild Woman by Aruba Red. I honor you for the wisdom you held, the ancient traditions of plant medicine and womb magic. I feel the spirit of the ancestors as I place my hands upon my belly. This sacred portal will be honored. Eons upon light beams of survival withstanding the eradication of our power by design. I will not allow the separation of our young to be forced upon me. My sisters will no longer birth in captivity. The picket line redefined from burning our wild women to paralyzing us and drugging our babes. Strapped down in a clinical white bed, drying up the milk from our breasts, keep your needles. My family will never again be doomed to chase those dragons or your poison. We reject your fear. We choose love. Everything with intention. 
death ascension I will fly and bring her back from the stars